I'm the man with no name. I drink, brood, kill. The past is immaterial. Fuck the past. Fuck the past. Zap Brannigan. Zap Brannigan. Add it again. Start the theme music. Man, you know how easy it is to cut this together when I'm no longer doing the thing with the Philip Glass music for all of Halloween? Oh, yeah. No, I believe it. Yeah. It's just like I drop it in and I'm like, oh, I don't need to fuck around with anything else. I don't know. Timing, the, the placing. Light, the lightning and the, the rain, which are several different sound effects. Sound effects. Yeah. But I was putting too much work into that. Sound design. Sound design. Speaking of sound design, welcome, dear listener readers. Hello, everyone. To Slow Readers. Your weekly fast-paced literature podcast. Brought to you by Topic on Radio. Here, the conversation is always on books. It's always on reading. It's always on words on the page. It's always on Yakuza. It's always on honor. It's always on the supernatural. It's always on for honor. It's always on uh, 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 Neonor. It's always on Death Stranding. It's always on Hideo Kojima. This is the only place you will find expliterature at its finest. Uh We are the uh bad boys of comedy, literature, book club, podcasting. We're like the joker of podcasting. It ne- it, 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 <laughs> no matter how many times you say it, it never like like lessens. The you see, you feel it coming too. And the, I'm gonna say it's it. physical pain behind my eyes, and you say it. Listen, slow readers is the clown prince of podcasting. All right, mm. we're damaged. We're a little damaged. <laughs> we're damaged boys of damage on our foreheads. Uh huh. Jared Leto's gonna play one of us. Ugh. I don't know who. I think it has to be you. I, I don't know. It's Jared Leto. <laughs> That's true. Uh, yeah. I know. We're just we're just good looking, lean men with great heads of hair. So fuck honestly, yeah. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, I, I personally I think that Jared Leto can just can easily can if he was here, uh, he would be the ugly duckling. I suppose yeah. so. He I mean, would... last year for my birthday, Daniel did send me a gift of trash and like a dead rat. So <laughs> I was getting into character. Yeah, it was pure character. Daniel know. plays a character on this show. Yeah, basically. He plays. He <laughs> Daniel's character in Slow Readers is Jared Leto as Joker. <laughs> I, I show up. We don't. They don't know this because again, this is just an audio format. Mm-hmm. But I come to work. Yes. I drive to work. Yeah. I put on my my white face paint. Mm-hmm. I put on my gray hair. Yeah. I shave my eyebrows. Yes. I put on my grill. Mm-hmm. And then I put and then I write all over my face. And then the whole time Daniel's recording, I don't know if you guys know this, mm-hmm. he has his hand in front of his mouth, and then he pretends the hand tattooed on his mouth is talking. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's what he uses for a pop filter. Oh man, yeah. Like seriously, why isn't this a YouTube show? Because I put I pay like a lot to get like all this makeup done. You know? Yeah. I mean, it is extensive. It is, and also like I think we should do like a behind the scenes uh, uh, thing where it's just it's just me staying in character, getting food. Yeah. In the line, mm-hmm. going to Rite Aid. Yep. Getting toilet paper. Definitely. And just showing up and being like. I don't remember any of Jared Leto's <laughs> lines. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you need to. Did he say things? He said stuff. I can't wait for. I can't. The, rem- I can't remember a single line. I can't wait for the Zack Snyder Justice League movie when he when he shows up. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Yes. That said, uh, where are we? <laughs> Um, <laughs> if you enjoy this kind of stupid <laughs> bullshit, I feel like you and I have been loopier and loopier. Um, mm-hmm. Please go to Apple Podcasts and write a review for our show. We really yeah. appreciate all your reviews and, you know, especially even if they're bad reviews, we just want to hear from you. It helps our show grow. 
row. So if you have two seconds, please go to Apple Podcasts and review Slow Readers. Yes. Uh, we want reviews like show friend uh, Felix Taylor. Hell yeah. Who wrote to us directly and was like, listen, here's all these nice things. Also, we want reviews like from Dan Clark Nitro. Yeah. Well, he hasn't reviewed our show. Uh, no, but he sent me a direct email threatening to beat me up. Yeah. <laughs> all of us up, including Dr. Mm-hmm. Phil. Yep. Ooh. And Kiara Talent, who was our original champion. Oh, yeah. Kiara, Kiara Talent, not a fake name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's probably very disrespectful if that's her real name. Yeah, you're really, really unfortunate. Uh, yeah, we appreciate well, you, Kiara. What are you going to do? I don't know. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> drink. Daniel, anyway, what? time has come. Yes. Do we have any reviews this week? No. Fuck! Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. We, we, we were really desperate and thirsty for them last time. Yeah, you and, know what? I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna recede. I'm gonna go into my, my black pill state. I'm just gonna go on to parlor and I'm gonna complain to all my other incel buddies that I never get reviews no matter what, because because we're not a we're not a Chad podcast. I mean that'll, that'll not a Chadcast. Chadcast. Pod Chad? That's your next show. Chadcast, Chadcast yeah. Oof. I mean just do. <laughs> yeah. You'll be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, I always said like just just go just be the next Ben Shapiro, you know? It, it that there's so much money in being Ben Shapiro. I believe that. Isn't that the it's worst crazy. part of it? Yeah, I know it is. Anyway, this, let's not talk about Ben Shapiro. Uh, so anyway, this is a, a show where we talk about books or whatever. Yeah, we're a um, real show. And uh speaking of books, mm-hmm. There's no other intro. No, introduce yourselves. Okay. <laughs> Gabriel, who are you? <laughs> Hello, everyone. My name is Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian every now and again. I'm a writer and a podcast uh-huh, producer. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Co-host, who are you? I am Daniel Gonzalez. Gonzalez, Gonzalez. An audio producer, editor, writer, and an author. Speculative fiction. Up market, speculative fiction. Up market. Speculative I, fiction. I can go to the market and be like, I do up market, not that mm-hmm. down market. Yay, yay. And uh, yeah, there's a show where we talk about books or whatever. Mm-hmm. So this is the end of the show. There's um, an up dog joke somewhere in there. Up dog? Yeah. What's up, dog? <laughs> no? What? You know, up, dog. What's up? Nothing much. What about you? Uh, fuck you. Really? <laughs> All right. So, moving on. <laughs> wow. So, this is a book. You're going to listen back to this and be like, fuck you. No, I'm going to listen on it and be like, Ugh, again, I'm going to forget you say that. And I'm going to hear you say, up, dog. And I'm going to be like, what? I'm like, oh. Yeah. God. <laughs> I just I just heard uh, uh, I just heard Joe Hill tell that uh, fucking joke. What was it? Um, uh, oh fuck! What was it? It's like this old classic dad joke. Oh, uh, two cannibals go to dinner. One of them's late. So uh, for 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 a meal, all the the late cannibal has is a cold shoulder. Hmm. And like Joe Hill told that in in an interview, and I was like, oh fuck! Come on, Joe. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> Daniel, what's your favorite joke? Uh, 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 Gabe, what's your favorite joke? Um, was it you who told me the chickpea one, or was I think it might be my friend Amy who told me the chickpea joke? Probably, I don't think it's me. Okay, do you know it though? No. Okay, it. Daniel, what's the difference between a garbanzo bean and a chickpea? I don't know what. I've never had a garbanzo bean on my face. <laughs> I dig that. That's a good joke. There, there, I do, I do have like, I feel like I do have jokes like that that I like, but I never, I never remember them. Mm. You know, yeah. You gotta write them down. Or they're like, they're, or they're like, I'll, they're like Norm McDonald jokes, which aren't funny they're when, not when jokes. normal people say that. Yeah, <laughs> when you, when you don't have like the weird metered like masterful rhythm of Norm McDonald. Yeah, we're like. His, like, kind of hillbilly, like, well, I don't know about you, like, makes it funny. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Do you ever hear his 9-11 joke? No. Or one of his 9-11 jokes, <laughs> I should say. One it was, of his many? Uh, he was talking to, um, who's the, the, the coke bloat guy from uh, The Wrong Missy? What's his name? Coke bloat yeah, guy? Yeah, the guy who's part of, like, the Happy Madison people, um, 
but he's like never he's not good enough to have his own movies is he not grandma's boy he's, guy he, he, i think he was in grandma's he had to have been a yeah grandma's i think he boy. was uh what's his fucking name all right but he was on the show but like <laughs> the jo- the they're doing the joke section and the joke this is like a 10 minute bit whatever mm-hmm. um but do the whole thing <laughs> uh, they're doing the and like norman donald has a cue card and it's like for for like uh uh, 12 years in a row, uh, Delta Blue has like the highest rated uh, uh, airline uh, reviews. What's the worst? 9-11. <laughs> and he's like, it's like, look at him. Don't laugh at that. That's not funny. Oh, man. And he's like, I was in nine. I was there at 9-11. Yeah, I was I was looking for my brother and I was picking my way through the, the blood and bone trying to find him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it turns out he was in northern Canada. Hmm. And again, just like his timing with that and his inflections, it just like it's a hard thing to 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 get right. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the that's the whole like thing where I try and tell a joke that I can't tell. Yeah. Uh, the stick a, again if you want more of that, rate and review the show. Yeah, five stars, please. So five stars. Five star joke. I'm right into us of your favorite joke. More poor, poorly remembered jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's our show basically. That's the show. Poorly remembered bits. That actually, I wonder if that could be another show. Like, hey, people telling jokes that they kind of remember. That's a good idea. Yeah. It'd be like a 15 minute like show. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, so speaking of poorly remembered jokes, uh, we have a book to talk about. We do. We do. It's actually a novella. It's a novelette. A no- novella. Mm-hmm. That's true. It says a, a Nanashi novella. Yeah. It does. Does that say that on the cover? It does. Okay, cool. Which might be a uh, misdirect, but who knows? Yeah. Well, we'll see about that. And I actually might have something to Laird. say about that as well. Laird Baron, yes. Speaking of apple brandy. Speaking of apple brandy, Laird Baron. Well, no, uh, the most famous brand of apple brandy is Laird's. Oh, is it? It is. Oh, I didn't know that. What well, the fuck? Fucking get it together. I don't, I don't drink brandy except for today. Brought to us by our old buddy, Spencer. By Spencer. Which is essentially a moonshine, but it's not as powerful. Yeah. It's good. I like it. <clears throat> I feel like I'm burping because I'm taking like like small like sips. Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. <laughs> so again, uh, kind of like, uh, I kind of talked about this, I think, on air last week. Yeah, you pitched to me on air. Uh, just because, like, I heard about this, like, I think the day before, and then, like, I bought, like, this novella mm-hmm. by Laird Barron. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so it was this guy. I kind of got through, like, kind of clicking around and was kind of, like, recommended through Amazon. And I clicked in the, in the, the cover... Uh, fuck, I didn't write it down, but the cover like didn't look like anything interesting. It looked like weirdly like Celtic or whatever. Really? And it was a short story collection. I was like, what is this? I thought it was like mythological. And then like uh, below was a quote by uh, <laughs> what I like, who I like to call friend of the show, mm-hmm. Nick P- Pizzolato. Nick Pizzolato. You might know him better as Nicholas Pizza Face. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Pizza Latte. Uh, creator. Is that what? I'd say pizza latte. Pizza latte? Okay. I heard um, in a weird bit of uh, confluence uh, on the latest episodes of Bonanas for Bonanza, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Nick Pizzolato was on the show. Yeah. Which is like, I was like, that's sure. a weird fucking coincidence. Why not? Um, yeah. So I heard his name said for the first time ever. Uh, so, so anyway, um, uh, uh, for people who don't know, it is a uh, writer and creator of uh, True Detective, the HBO show. Yeah, True Detective. But uh, just like a little quote recommendation, this isn't terribly important, but uh, he has uh, about that short story collection. Uh, one of my favorite writers, period. One of the most unique and accomplished prose towns now working in America. He writes dangerous stories and something I've described as like a cross between H.P. Lovecraft and James Dickey. Very much like Dickey. very much like cracked my brain. Yeah, no, that 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 tracks. Yeah. And also right below that uh, for the same collection. Stuart O'Nan. Stuart O'Nan. Fitzgerald fan. Yeah, I we've think. covered him on the show. Yeah, we did. Yeah, he would have to be. He, he wrote that whole fucking book, Hating Fitzgerald. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe. West of Sunset, y'all. Uh, if uh, Stuart O'Nan says, if you think there aren't any new Richard Mathesons or Harlan Ellisons out there, you need to read Laird Barron. 
So, uh, speaking of Larry Barron, sure, not very well known guy. Um, Never heard of him myself. Yeah, Daniel, did you do some research for us? Yes, I did. Yes. Uh, so Laird Barron, and he even says it says this in all of his biographies. He describes himself as an expat Alaskan. As a one-eyed fuck. Uh, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I, I can't believe, I, I'm so, uh, annoyed that, like, his picture does the end of the book, because I was going to say, Gabe, after reading the story, if I told you this was written by a, uh, uh, by uh, young oh, Rooster Cockburn, a one, uh, 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 a, a white Alaskan guy with a fucking eye patch, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, would you believe me? Yes. It's like, you, you see him and you're like, that, I get it. Okay. Yeah, you're learned, man. Uh, but that said, he's a writer, a sled dog, ra- a sled dog racer. Okay. And a former professional fisherman. Sure. Also, I like the idea about calling himself an expat. Like, he moved to, like, Washington and now lives in upstate New York. But then again, I imagine if you were born and raised in Alaska, then it, everyone, everything else feels like a foreign country. Sure. Daniel, um, I, maybe you'll get to this. But mm-hmm. for me, this has been the pressing question the whole time. I did not research Laird Barron. Okay. Did Laird Barron spend any time in Japan? I don't think so. I didn't come across anything like that. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Exactly. Um, I mean, he, he seems like, uh, from what I understand, I was because I was watching interviews with him. He's a guy who does his research. Okay. Um, but like, but I have no idea like how much he did for this necessarily, or if he went to Japan or whatever. Sure. Uh, but that's it. Let me give. Uh, I'll give a little bit of details about uh, uh, Baron. Or I'm assuming he lost name. his eye in like a fucking like Yakuza gambling game. Uh, I'm assuming he lost it fucking sled dog racing. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway, he started publishing poetry in the '90s. He published his first short uh, short fiction piece in t- 2001. Mm. His first novel is 2011's "The Light Is the Darkness." Okay. Uh, he's categorized as a horror, noir, and dark fantasy writer. Horror. Horror. He's also a fan of westerns and pulp in general. He's called the Necronomicon and the Bible as the greatest horror stories ever told. Yeah, okay. Uh, his stories tend to focus on crime and supernatural, and the supernatural. Some of his stories can be categorized as weird fiction. Yeah. Huh? Weird fiction. Yeah. What, a, what a surprise. Yeah, but what a surprise. This guy? Yeah, this guy, this story. Mm-hmm. Um, his latest novels are uh, the Isaiah Coleridge trilogy, a neo-noir series centered on an ex-enforcer of the mob. Okay. Uh, his favorite novel is To the White Sea by James Dickey. Hmm. Right. Then I, I do ha- not know who James Dickey is, Daniel. Do you? Uh, no, not really. I read about this story, To the White Sea. It's about an American paratrooper getting lost, uh, uh, getting, uh, lost behind, like, like, uh, well, not behind enemy lines. Just in like Japan, Owen Wilson? In oh. Japan during, like, World War II. And it's basically the story of his survival and how he becomes, like, this weird apex predator, like, behind this, like, which sounds like, like, that sounds fucking interesting. Cool. Sure, it sounds gnarly. Yeah. Uh, so then some quotes by those dudes like him. Um, a little, <laughs> a little notes from, uh, about, a uh, man with no name. Uh, this novella first appeared in A Mountain Walked, Great Tales of the Cthulhu Mythos, edited by S.T. Joshi. Joshi! <clears throat> a Mountain Walked came out in 2014, but the novella got a stand- standalone release in 2016. Um, there is another story that apparently features or is related to the Nanashi character hmm. called We Used Swords in the 70s. Great title. Uh, it's a, It appeared in the Weird Fiction Review number nine and uh, appeared uh, came out uh, in 2019. Uh, no idea what it's about. The the zine isn't like really available. It's you can get like the zine uh, printed to order. Okay. By the thing, so like I don't know if it's a continuation or if it's a prequel. Remember zines, know. Daniel? No. <laughs> yeah, no, we were children in the nineties. Yeah, I, I have no idea what a zine is. Oh, that's the wrong fucking thing. All right, whatever. <laughs> so that's that's the end of my thing. Now, so Gabriel. Uh, I read the story a week ago, so like I'm a bit hazy on like the details about what happens. Hazy details. Hazy details. So Gabriel, if you don't mind telling us what happens in 
Man of no name. Well, Daniel, that's bad news because honestly, I read this thing and I finished it today a couple hours ago uh-huh. and I was like, shit, I hope Daniel knows what happened in this story because <laughs> I don't. Okay. Well, I can give uh, I can give some uh, some notes. Do you remember? What's the name of the wrestler, dude? Oh, um, Muzaki. Muzaki. Okay. So basically, yeah, this is a story about uh, a Yuzaki. A Yuzaki. Yakuza, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I portmanteau to that. Uh, Yakuza, kind of like a like a gangster essentially by the name of Nanashi, mm-hmm. who apparently was uh, either he. I'm not too sure exactly how much like he actually remembers of his past, or he's just distancing himself from it. Mm-hmm. But apparently, he had a rough childhood and was basically found in like like a several years alcoholic stupor, basically. Yeah, just like Fezzik from uh, Princess Bride. Basically, this is this is that exact story. It's pretty again. much the same story. So, uh, so again, uh, so yeah, he gets involved with basically like Yakuza, and it's things are okay for him for a while he gets sober yeah. he's a yakuza enforcer for the heron family i believe yeah so because again like the names are going to be like heron and dragon etc but basically then they got a new like basically like father and whatnot for the yakuza new Oyabun. yeah and then like things are kind of going downhill a lot of his like yakuza brothers are like just like you know punks yeah short fuses uh, uh really burning candles on both ends like the, the, we literally meet them in like a drunken stupor and they kind of like stay like that for most of the novel yeah um but basically yeah they get their job to basically like to capture this like famous wrestler slash like like entrepreneur whatever yeah, like, he's an american expat yeah who, um, he's a gaijin and he became a professional wrestler in japan a very successful and rich one he's very gimmicky doing like wild man shit mm-hmm. but since retiring from wrestling he's become a bit of an entrepreneur and he's under the protection of the dragon clan yeah the 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 enemy of like uh the nanashi's yeah. people and whatnot so basically, like they they capture him and the guy in the what's his name again? I'm sorry. Which one? Uh, the the wrestler. Muzaki. Muzaki. So like Muzak of an eye. Muzaki. Okay. Muzaki is a, essentially he he's kind of like a strange dude. He's weirdly calm and everything. He's being described as this very like he looks like an old boxer basically. Yeah. He's like this old fucking slab of granite. Yeah. And uh, bas- and basically when when he and Nanashi have kind of private talks. Their conversations go very strange where he's like, like Nanashi starts showing like kind of seams and his loyalty to his, his clan yes. and his brothers, yep. even going so far as like, I'm not too sure exactly how serious he was, but he talks about like, he has like six bullets and he has like six of the, like the clans and everything like that. But mm-hmm. the conversation gets very weird. He, and he has like intrusive thoughts. Yeah. Basically, um, they, they take a, um, Nanashi and his dudes under the orders of their boss decide to, they're, they're ordered to, not quite kidnap, but more or less kidnap Muzaki, and they escort him very jovially. He's a mellow dude. They have a mellow drunk time. They drive up to an inn in the mountains in Japan. <laughs> yeah. And here is where Daniel picked it up, where they just well, um, also, everyone's oh. getting loaded and fucking crazy. Yeah. And Nanashi, who doesn't really drink, who's been sober, gets kind of a talking to from Muzaki. Yeah, and also I was going to say, like, also has his first drink in, in many years, essentially, mm-hmm. and falls off. The, from Muzaki. From Muzaki, yes. Um, and yeah, and also I'm kind of stepping over the fact that, like, Nanashi's having, like, kind of, like, strange dreams slash visions that become very important in the second half of it. Yes. Uh, but basically, uh, at some point, this kind of, like, kid, you know, typical kind of gangster thing where it's like, let's we're going to kidnap somebody, ransom them, like, politically or for money, whatever. It's a power move against the Dragon Clan. Mm-hmm. But then they get the order. It's like, oh, you need to, like, take them up to the quarry. You know what I mean? Oh, um, you've skipped over the whole thing with the piece of paper. Yes. Okay. There's also <laughs> the thing with a piece of paper where uh, essentially Mizaki was showing this to um, the, the other like uh, Nanashi's brothers and whatnot. Like basically it's like, hey, look at this. And it's like kind of like was like an, like an ink block kind of like. Paper, yeah, it's right? like a many folded over piece of worn old paper. Yeah. And like he shows it to, N- to Nanashi specifically being like 
and he cheats like a magic eye where he's like, look at this paper, then close your eyes and look away and look at it again. Then look in the sky and you'll see an image. Yeah. And like he he describes it differently to Nanashi than he did his brothers, where he tells yeah. his brothers, like, you'll see Buddha, you'll see Christ, you'll see like, you know, that face you're thinking of, whatever, it's going to be magical. But yeah, he tells Nanashi something different. He, he tells him... um. What does he tell him? He, I forgot what it was. Do you remember? I don't. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. And then there's like, yeah. Let me see if I can find it. We get like subtle hints also that there's something going on with Muzaki that like, in a, weird, in a in a rough way that I kind of talked about last time, like let's, using a very broad term as Lovecraftian, there's yes. something. Oh, so um, here's what Muzaki says. Okay. Well, now she gets the paper. And it's here's the description. It was yellow and spackled with oil spots or water stains. What's mm-hmm. the, what is this, Muzaki? The beautiful thing that awaits us all. Yes, that's the name also of the short story collection that uh, Nick Pizza Face and. Oh, like, that's cool. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't Go interrupt. Uh, okay, no, but yeah, thank you. So like, yeah, so kind of going ahead, like the halfway point is essentially like. Uh, in a kind of like wonderfully like kind of told way is that they go up to kind of ex the 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 the, the y- y- yakuza dudes like kind of take a uh, uh, Muzaki up to like the quarry, and like yeah Muzaki kind of like is fucking around with them kind of like showing off how strong he is and like it's kind of like all like off screen mm-hmm. in like almost like cartoony Looney Tunes kind of way where yes. it's like Nanashi's just watching like all them go down into the quarry and get beat up gunshots and then like the one guy comes up covered in blood and grabs like an axe or something like that from the thing goes back yes. down there and then finally we don't see it but like apparently Mozaki's finally killed and then like uh like the like the the the, the top guy or whatever coma thank you who was like a well, taking care of everything gets a call and is basically like so what do you mean it's off? Like, mm-hmm. so I kind of fucked with that. And uh, so for the second half is where things get kind of really weird. Yes. For a long story. And uh, I'm going to try and do a quick version because I think we're going kind of long here. Us? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, like five minutes. Right? I mean, I can retell another Norm MacDonald joke. <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, but no. Um, so basically. So, yeah, uh, the whole time Nanashi is kind of getting like weird kind of dreams that are hinting at both like his kind of unhappiness with like where he is in life. The fact yes. that he doesn't truly believe in belonging to like the clan that he that he like literally like his life revolves around. Yeah. Um, and basically, yeah. So after the. Not okay. to interrupt you, Daniel, okay. but here's the more specific thing that um, he sees in the thing. Okay. That Muzaki is like, well, well, Nanashi sees this thing. Counts to five. He looks at it. The light chases the shadows and he looks and he like has this like terrified moment. Mm-hmm. And Muzaki says, most people see Jesus. And uh, when Nanashi asks him like, where'd you get it? What is this? And Muzaki tells him this long story about like, oh, my father's associates, some random people, piece of paper. And then he asks, um, then he says to, Nanashi says, I didn't see Jesus or Buddha. Muzaki, no, not everyone does. What was it then? And Nanashi just says, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever demonic, hellish, beyond comprehension thing he sees, he doesn't quite say. Yeah. There there are also, besides even outside of the dreams and even in that scene, there's kind of moments talking about kind of like ancient mythological kind of characters and entities uh, that are kind of mentioned throughout, yeah. Some, sometimes referring directly to Mizaki, but like never specifically like, oh, this is that or whatever, mm-hmm. which I'll actually get to in a moment because I actually have additional, some small research that I can Oh my God. Uh, so yeah, the second half is basically like we have all the Yakuza dudes are kind of like losing their minds and then, and correct me if I'm wrong, Nanashi believes he's having another kind of like weird kind of fantastical dream vision or whatever. You mean after the car thing? Yeah. Where he basically shows up 
in like this incredibly wealthy house, there's a stark naked woman and he sees a uh, Muzaki, uh, like all torn up and everything. Mm-hmm. And then as he starts talking to the woman, the woman's like, yeah, you know, you're really here, right? Yes. So, that happens, right? So what happens <laughs> is that, so after um, uh, after the call, it's like, what do you mean it's off? Yeah. Um, these two psycho- psychotic enforcer twins who are part yeah. of the clan, they take Muzaki's body, throw him in a car, and they drive off in one car, and mm-hmm. Nanashi and uh, Koma drive off in another one. And then naturally, Koma's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. All right, well, let's try to keep our heads. And then the twins drive off somewhere with the body. Yeah. And Nanashi's like, well... Oh, well. Koma's like, what do you mean, oh, well? It's like, well, they, they left. And then we transition into a, another one of Nanashi's dream sequences, mm-hmm. which transitions into this sumptuous palace where he meets uh, Muzaki's wife, who was an American actress. Yeah. The naked woman is 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 his wife. and Supposedly, in, supposedly like, one of his wives or girlfriends or whatever. Yeah, one of his yeah. mistresses, but a famous one. She's an American actress. What's her name? Like, Su- like Susan... St- Susan like? Stuckey? Sally yeah, Stuckey. Stuckey. Yeah, Sally Stuckey. I think that's what it was. Yeah, I mean, we'll check that, but... And, they, and So, as like like you were saying, he's yeah. like, am I... am I, I see... I have a vision of Muzaki as this bloody mess, <laughs> and you are younger than you are now, and um, I think I'm going insane, or I'm having a dream. She slaps him. It's like, no, this is real. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then basically that's when like base, uh, other members of like the, uh, what's his Yakuza clan again? The Heron. The Heron. Uh, it's like they show up to like basically to, you know, kind of clean house to kind of cover up this whole like Muzaki kind of mess. And Nanashi just takes them out. Yes, <laughs> basically. basically, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the, one of the one of the top brass goons shows up being like, what the fuck, dude? And yeah, <laughs> Nanashi like in a really crazy burst of insane violence just kills them all. Yes. Um, and also uh, interesting to note is that uh, the naked woman's uh, uh, dog uh, attacks one of the one of the things and it gets itself killed, which is mm-hmm. important to note right now. Yeah. But basically um, after this, uh, 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 Nanashi and Sally and Sally Stucky yes. uh, basically take a drive and she's like, take me out to like this area in the woods. And like, he's like not really questioning and she's like being very specific and she goes off in the woods and then Nanashi ha- isn't having a vision anymore. He's like truly seeing uh, it, it's a very, very surreal scene where the dog Susan that was Stucky. Susan Stucky. Thank you. So where he sees like the dog that was that was all shut up, still dragging its guts, like runs into the woods after her. Mm-hmm. He goes off into the woods and starts seeing lights and possibly like other things that he's not too sure wh- what's going on that like. Yeah. And then he runs the fuck out. Yes. And then I think the next thing he does is he drives up to the quarry and Muzaki just crawls up out of there. Mm-hmm. Completely fine. Yeah. Well, in a mess, but fine. Yeah. He's a bit. Of, yeah. Uh, no, I think at this point, oh, he, is he perfectly he, yeah, I think, I think he's perfectly intact. I think okay. when he crawls out of the thing, he's perfectly oh, okay. intact. And basically, yeah. Then he finds out that. And again, trying to, I was trying to be brief about this. Yeah. A lot happens in this novella mm-hmm. uh, is like they find like the, the car on the side of the road with all of like his like uh, Yakuza brothers like and they're all shot up. They're all killed because apparently like the the bathhouse that they were hanging out with Muzaki where they took him out during when it was still a ransom. Mm-hmm. Like they were informants for the other family. Yes. Uh, and then like they drive off and they find the the twins that you're talking about like those crazy twin guys like their car just like parked in what uh, in the, the the twins are nowhere to see mm-hmm. and then Mizaki based on the beach right yeah on the beach and then Mizaki kind of like shows him a portal <laughs> that's leading yeah. out until the he, yeah he had, he had pointed out the portal to him prior in the house being like um look at that hole. And he and Nanashi sees a nest of something that should not be. 
Yeah. And like, and that this is the beginning of like the true beginning of, of Nanashi's like mental collapse into cosmic horror. Uh-huh. And it comes back to here on the beach where the portal sh- um, arrives again. Yes. Uh, they go through the portal essentially. And then there's like this whole scene where, oh, I forgot what they're, what they're eating. No, I think it's um his, uh, his Yakuza clan brothers are like kind of transformed into like feral animal yeah, people. cannibalist, yeah. cannibalistic and I, and I think they're eating uh, Muzaki's corpse or something like that. I believe that's what's happening, Uh, yes. (laughs) And then Muzaki, oh man, and then Muzaki kind of says like, like, hey, this is this is where you're at. Everything's led to this, and you have like some options. You can like go with them and be with them, or 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 just like, or you can leave and just be entirely like like stuck on your own, or whatever. Red pill, blue pill. Yeah, and then uh, uh, Muzaki, I or Muzaki, uh, Nanasha believes shoots them all, or at mm-hmm. least the ghouls, at least. I think so. And then like the story just ends with him just kind of being like. Like I'm on my own. I thought he shot himself at the end. Does he shoot himself? Okay, no. I, Honestly, I, Daniel, I really couldn't track it by the end. It's it's yeah. It's it's very. <laughs> it's not quite that I gave up so much as I just went, okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. Understandable. It, it's it's a very like. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, uh, that, oh, I guess uh, not. I guess he just what's it called? He just um. Hold on. Hold on. He puts a barrel in his mouth and then he fails to um fails to do it. Then he shoots. All, wait, that's right. No, that's right. I think he, he tries almost to... shoots himself, but then he doesn't. Hmm. Yeah. Then he shoots all of the other ghouls. Then I... he throws a gun in the sea, and then he walks into the ocean. Yeah, he walks into the ocean, and then uh, happily ever after. I mean, hey, that's death stranding for you. <laughs> yeah, hey, I believe that. <laughs> all right, that said, let's not get too far ahead about yeah, how we felt. Hop into this research this. you're talking about. Oh no, okay. Well, how about this? Let's go to break. Let's what? do. Let's do. Get, okay, fine. I'll do the research. <laughs> not to because there's, there's not too much to get into, but basically, like on uh, Laird Baird's um, Baird Laren, Baird Laren's Baron Laren, Baron Laird Baron, Baron Laird. I just say that. In uh, some of the research is that there's this thing that's like, hey, if you read a lot of his fiction, especially short fiction, which is kind of int- a lot of it's interconnected okay um and i'm not too sure exactly how much this specifically is connected exactly with this or it could be referring to other like you know laird baron quote-unquote cycles for using like little crafty of terms cool but essentially like there was one for this ancient demon called belfager if i'm saying that right belfager belfager balfager basically if you know like the, Spell, the very pop please. the very oh, one second. <laughs> b-e-l-p-h-a or e-g-o-r Okay, cool. However, if you're familiar with the demon name Baal or Baal or sure. ba- Baal or Baal, Baal, Baal. Um, that's that's like kind of like a similar thing. We're basically like the early sketches, and it's kind of like an interesting thing breakdown about how like the early sketches of like de- of characters and demons like this are very vague, which kind of like were reinterpreted by maniacs like Milton and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, yeah, Belphegor. Uh, uh, there are some like demonology books, or whatever that kind of describe. I love the term if, demonology. If I, if I absolutely do. If I could get this right, Belphegor is basically like some kind of. It's a demon of like deception, discovery. Uh, that also that apparently appears in multiple versions, and whatnot, where it just he walks around with a permanent erection. <laughs> uh, can also disguise himself as a naked woman. Okay. Who, uh, with who, an erection. Uh, yeah, either or. I okay. don't know. Um, depends on how Sounds you swing, I guess. very <laughs> anime so far. Yeah. Uh, and basically, like, he, like, yeah, and the, he is worship, worshipped as, as, uh, as an icon of a phallus. Also, he is considered the Lord of Flatulence. Sure. Uh, and in fact, there's the picture, the, the classic picture of uh, the ink drawing of, of Belfiger is a hem on a commode. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, there's even, like, an early, like, kind of thing from, like, the very, very ancient, like, Hebrew scriptures that it's basically refers to this demon or, like, a different variation of that where, like, 
like it, it's like back in like the old King Lot stories, like they're that old. Where, okay. Where like it's like you got where like you bend over and like relieve yourself while pointing your anus at the Belfigur kind of idol as a way of like worshiping him or whatever. Cool. Daniel, you'll be tickled to know that <laughs> in the game Persona, and uh-huh. Persona Five especially, which that game is a lot of it, all the monsters and all the spirits are all about folklore. That in fact there are demons on commodes. They might be named Belfigur. I forget. I forget. Mm-hmm. But you know there is a lot of that sensibility in it of like demonology. And so yeah, that sounds quite familiar to me actually. Yeah, and I, I think I think supposedly I'm assuming if you've seen like a demon on a, like a commode or whatnot, that it's might, probably that, Belfigur. That could be this guy or like a different version. Mm-hmm. I think Beelzebub is like another kind of like. Where like it's like the same character who at some point just kind of became different things sure, or whatever. I mean, the the god Mara in that game is just is literally a giant green penis. Okay, that makes in sense. In this T rated T for teen game, which is funny because like an East, big old cock. In Eastern mythology, Mara is actually a a female demon. Yeah, like, that's oh, a god of death. Yeah, like a, like a female uh, succubus or whatever. Essentially, that's what I thought. And then uh, there's that's probably why I picked it for my name. Yeah, because uh, female su- uh, female succubus. That's a succubus. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> a female incubus. Yeah, a female woman. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, okay. So now I just want to go. Uh, we can kind of talk about how that may or that's may, pretty cool, may or may not relate to this this the story and our thoughts. Yeah, but let's look. Well, we're not going to get to there yet. Oh, what we're doing? Man. We're going to throw it a break. Okay. When we come back, we have a game to play. We have a game to play. I'm very excited for that. A plane to gay. And then um, we we'll come back from that. We're going to do thoughts. Okay. All right, Gabriel. Yep. Throw it to break. Let's go. And we're back. We're back. To slow fucking readers. What's happening, Petards? Brought to you by Top Gun Radio. We're the bad boys of Chicklet. We're... The Chicklet, I like that. You're the bad boys of Chicklet? We're the Batman of Chicklet. <laughs> I think that. Oh, that uh... Daniel, let's let's throw that in the hat for our 2021 revision, rejiggering of slow readers. <laughs> for we, we can also become the bad boys, the, the jokers of Chicklet. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Th- those are very easy books to read. All right, that said, Gabriel. Yeah. Speaking of Joker, I think you have a game for us hey, to play. Speaking of Persona Five, Gabriel, what game you got for us? Daniel, so I, you know, as you know, I love Gatekeeper. Uh huh. And I, I vowed that the first week after Oatstober and and Joe Hill of John Unger, uh huh, I was gonna bring us a new game that wasn't Gatekeeper. Ah. Uh-huh. I'll have you know. Okay. I spent hours <laughs> trying to come up with a game that would be good enough to match this thing and i failed so <laughs> this is gatekeeper gatekeeper gatekeeper, gatekeeper. <laughs> can't escape from gatekeeper no apparently not like muzaki himself he just keeps coming back just keeps it back in the labyrinth yeah. all right daniel it's you labyrinth yes yeah. your whole john oh i'm trapped in this, oh, this cold windsy daniel place. lightning strikes a portal swirls above you the sky is a hideous shade of purple oh my God. in front of you are ten disgusting unearthly oddly smooth gates the walls rise above you okay. and there's kind of a, an odd slime that secretes from every crack oh no what are those eggs? Should you touch them? Probably not. Probably shouldn't, no. Standing atop is a cloaked figure with horns. <gasps> this figure is the gatekeeper. <gasps> gatekeeper. You are naked for some reason. Ah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And the gatekeeper says to you, fool, you have 
10 health points. Da -da -da. You must select from these 10 gates <gasps> which ones you shall go through. Oh e behind each gate is a clue to the ultimate answer to this question. <gasps> the question! Uh-huh. What Japanese book to film adaptation am I thinking of? Okay, all right, all right. With each gate open, you lose one health point. Every chance, oh, every gate you hmm. open, you have a chance to guess an answer. If you are wrong, you lose two points. <gasps> but you may move on to the next gate. Oh my god! One health point per gate. <sighs> oh my god! I know. Or to hell. Or straight to hell. All right, Gabriel, I'm all excited for this. I I'm ready to play some gatekeepers. Cue the theme musics. Theme music has been played. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Terrible. <laughs> Select the number between one and ten. I'm gonna pick number one. Number one. Number one. Oh boy, let's see here. Honestly, like as as we've always said before, the 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 the, <laughs> yes. the point is to give you a good challenge. But if you guess it right away, that just means you're a nitro. You're a real American gladiator. Yeah. You're a real gem from Montana. Okay. Okay. Gate number one. Okay. The book. Okay. Was originally a light novel, and then became a manga adaptation. Okay. All right. I mean, don't be wrong. There are multiple things I can eat. I mean, not multiple things. There are a lot of things that I can really fit through there. Mm -hmm. uh, not, I'm not fishing for anything, but for example, we did Melancholy of Who's Who Arising Mizuzaki. Yeah, correct. That one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's the one. And uh, and I'm sure, like, I would Dragon Ball be considered a late novel? No, that was always more comic. That right? was manga okay. first and foremost. But there, yeah, there, there's a lot of other ones, probably like Higurashi or whatever. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Clear. Also, my favorite light novel, Akira. <laughs> yep, Akira. <laughs> the seven seven volume heavy yeah, sci that's, science that's fiction comic. One hundred percent not a light novel, but that's yeah, okay. But you know what? No, uh, that the 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 it's too broad and too wide. Gabriel, mm. I'm gonna select. I'm gonna take a point off. Okay, okay. And I'm gonna select another gate. All right, Daniel, you're at nine points. Okay. The gatekeeper cackles. <gasps> Something shifts between his robes. Is it an erection? Ugh. Who knows? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Daniel, please select another gate. Like Belphegor, the gatekeeper has a permanent yeah, erection. Pretty much, and he's sitting atop a toilet. He's just taking a big old shit oh, on no. your escape attempt. Uh, what a nightmare. Yes. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna select gate number nine. I should make that my retaliation to your turning this into D and D is that my scenario gets more and more like just needlessly descriptive and sexual. Ugh. Gate number nine! Yeah. The American film originally had the same name as the novel. Okay, alright. So this so it was made into an American movie mm -hmm. based on Japanese light novel. Yes. That's a good one, depending what, what, on your knowledge. Was there? A, yeah, no, t definitely is. I feel like it's one of those things that, like, I'm kind of blanking on things right now, but it's going to be very obvious. There's only so many American novel movies that are adapted by light novel uh, by uh, but yeah, the light novels adapted mm -hmm. it into yeah, a movie, adapted right? from yeah. Yeah, that's fucking grammar. Uh, okay, uh, grammar. number one, w w say that again. Gate number one. Yeah. The book was originally a light novel and has a manga adaptation. Okay, 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 cool. And manga, and manga. Yes. All right. Um. Yeah. Talk through your thoughts, Daniel. Well, okay, no, there are definitely other. Okay, wait. It's Lightning here. strikes in the sky. You know, okay, okay. You know what, gatekeeper? With your, I'm gonna not. I'm evading, looking away from your erection. You don't know if it's an erection. And, something's shifting underneath. Well, there. and he's taking a shit. Yes. I mean, <laughs> I think. <laughs> if I actually, yeah. Anyway, so I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna move on to okay. the next gate. 
Down to eight points. Eight points, Daniel. Eight hitch, hitch points. Eight hitch that's, points. That's a word. HPs. Yes. Um, eight Harry Potters. Uh, I'm going to select. Yes, Daniel. Gate number four. Gate number four. Yeah. All right. Daniel, the original title mm-hmm. is a reference to a famous rock and roll song. Wait, I think I do know what this is. I think you do. I think I do. I'm going to take a guess. Okay. Gabriel, mm-hmm. is this? Yes. Detroit Metal City? Daniel? Uh-oh. Take off two points. Ooh, okay. Uh, so I'm at six. You're at six points. Okay. I do not think there was an American adaptation of EMC. No, that's what I was thinking. I was like... Ibrahim Omar and I were writing one for a very long time. I don't know there was a Japanese live, live animation... Thing. Live action, yeah. So okay, it's based on it's based on a, a rock a classic rock album. Song. Song. Okay, song. Okay. Yes. It's just a, a rock song. That's what you said, right? Yes. The original title is a reference to a famous rock and roll song. What is it? No. Well, wait. What the fuck? All right, I'm gonna keep guessing. next gate. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna start guessing wildly. I think pretty soon. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> okay. All right, Daniel. Next gate. Uh huh. Six points is what you have. <laughs> the gatekeeper titters Fuck you, excitedly. Dude. Wipe your ass. Do you, you want to pick a number? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I did. No. Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what are you waiting for? I'm going to go for number 10. Number 10. Okay, here we go. Gate 10. The author has stated that a major influence on the book was video games. <laughs> well, fun. you know, what I was thinking I was going to wildly guess Norwegian Wood, but no, that's not a fu- that, that was, was not, not a original light novel, novel. Yeah, nor was it a manga. I was like, well, maybe it was. I don't know. I've never read an it. American version. I, I was right, yeah, I wasn't too sure about that. I don't know. I, I know there was a there was a Korean film adaptation, right? No, it was a Japanese, but the director was actually from Taiwan, I think. Okay, all right. I thought there was a. I think Joe uh, Hisayashi uh, did the music for that. Oh, oh cool. Yeah, yeah I, I could never get behind it. That was okay. All right, so okay, so again, originally a light novel was adapted into a manga series, and then yeah. and then was adapted into an American film. Yes. And the uh, the the title, the original, the original title. Yes. Comes from an American rock song. Yes. And what was the last thing? The last thing was the author has stated that a major influence on the book was video games. Scott Pilgrim, no. Yeah. Uh, 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 um, oh man, my brain isn't clear enough to really kind of think. Uh oh. That's do you f- need more brandy? Which is fine. Yeah, I think more brandy might help. That'll I think do I think it. this fucking moonshine is going directly <laughs> to like my brain cells. To my stupid cells. Oh uh, god. I know. I, I feel like this is gonna be really painfully obvious. It uh, will be. It, won't it, it? It will be right. Video games. Video games. Light. Like, okay, basically, like the big thing is that there, there, as we as I said before, there aren't that many American movies that were adapted from Japanese light novels, let alone Indeed. or anything like that. So, mm-hmm. I can only think of like a small handful. Okay, wait, hold on a second. It was originally a light novel. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, I, I was gonna say like, what? No, you're at hold five on. points. It, it's not. Old boy. 
I just gave Daniel a very, very blank shrug. Yeah, and I gave him a very close look because I was looking for some kind of response from him. It's not Old Boy. I don't think. I think Old Boy was originally a manga. I don't think it was a light novel. And it was adapted eventually into an American movie by Spike Lee. And as far as I know, it was based on an American rock song. I don't know. Um, uh-huh. So, like, oh man. What the fuck could it be? Uh, let me, let me b- b- peruse through my mind. Go through your mind, palace! Oh. You enter your mind palace! Oh. It is a massive creation of obsidian and velvet. Yeah, what? Right. Yes. <laughs> it's a, it's a, your half-naked I, I manservant up. arrives. Oh no, I'm in Clive Parker's mind palace. <laughs> yes, correct. <laughs> you know what I think of my... Pinhead on a woman's body shows up. Ah, uh, that's very confusing. <laughs> um, you know what I think of when I think of mind palace? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, movie f- the movie adaptation for a dream catcher. Interesting. Because there's a there's a mem- there's a mind palace in that. I've never seen it. Which is kind of weird because I'm a big fan of the Hannibal Jason TV Lee? show, which oh, is sure. which has a lot to do with like your mind palace or whatever. That's cool. Anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Gabe, I'm gonna take a point off and keep going. All right, Daniel, you're at five points. I'm at five points. All right, I'm Daniel. bleeding profusely. You're bleeding profusely. <laughs> Gatekeeper, have mercy upon me. The gatekeeper only giggles girlishly. Whatever is shuffling underneath his robes gets even more wild. <laughs> For all you know, it's just a Pomeranian on his lap. Creepy. Please select another uh, gate. Um, I'm gonna guess number f- four. Number four. You already picked number four. Okay. That was a rock and roll song. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm uh, number three. Number three. Yes. This is interesting. Maybe, maybe it'll help you. Maybe it won't. Okay. Probably won't. <laughs> okay, that's fine. The protagonist's name in the book is KG. This was only slightly changed for the protagonist's name in the American film. Like K-E-I-J-I. K-G. This is only slightly changed for the protagonist's name in the American film. God damn it. You know what it is? I, I feel like if I knew the genre, I would like my mind would click into place. That's the well, only thing. That's one of the gates. Because like when I think of light novels, I think of like more like uh like romance. Like cutesy shit. Like cutesier. But like but there are some, you know, more like pulpier genre e, maybe even like more uh uh for like a better term, masculine kind of sure. styles. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like like old, like an old boy. I'm sure old boy was at some point made into a light novel. Eh? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and like for example, there are also you know there's like the Chun Li movie, but like that that one. I mean that would kind of fit, but like that would not have been an originally a light novel. Yeah, and also. Uh, uh, what was it called? Chun Li, The Legend of Street Fighter. The fuck was it called? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Like I don't know if that's really a. I think it's Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun Li. Kristen Crook. She's a. She was a member of um of a uh, Nexium, the the cult, by the way. I don't think she was. I'm pretty sure. What's her face? Um, uh, Chloe from it tried desperately to recruit her, and then yeah. she refused. Maybe I'm maybe I'm mixing her up. I think she was she was heavily uh, sought after. Like they were trying. Yeah, to recruit no. Her. Smallville girl was trying to get her to like join the sex cult okay. for obvious reason. Yeah. I mean, look at her. Mercy. <laughs> Gabe, if you're top top five people who you would want for your second... No, no, oh, good. man. Let's see. That's a new show. Uh, Divine. Div- uh, Divine. I read something else about Divine. What was it? I think it was in like in a review thing. That he was the fucking best? Oh, wait. What was it? It was in a, it was in a review where there was like a scene in the beginning of a movie where like somebody's next to like some kind of like annoying kind of like large sized woman next, next to him. And apparently like that was originally supposed to be Divine. Mm. But like he died like several months before shooting. Or That's a shame. Like that. I forgot what it was. I'll, I'll I'll tell you about that later. Yeah, I saw it for another time. I always wanted to know like what their opinion is yeah. on John Waters. Yeah, I don't know if it's a big surprise, but uh, Jay from Red Letter Media, huge 
huge, not just Divine fan, but John Waters fan. Shocker. Of course. Hashtag shocker. Th- them and Giallo movies. Where are we? <laughs> Am I picking Kate? Yeah, no. I'm, uh, this is the, uh, yeah, the protagonist's name in American film was only changed very slightly from KG. Next game. Next game, <laughs> I'm Daniel. Got, I'm down to four points. Four points. I'm bleeding profusely. What is your next selection? Uh, I'm going to tell you which gates you have left. No, I'm going to pick seven. Seven. Yeah, that's the one that you thought I was going to pick first. Actually, no, I made sure because I know you don't do that. The star and writer of the film have collaborated many times since working together in 2008. So clearly this is... Wait, since they first started working in 2008? Yes. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Star, starring film of the American movie. Mm-hmm. First started work in 2008. This is not... With the collaborator, with the writer. Yeah, with the writer, I'm sorry. Yes. With the, I'm sorry, the star and writer? Yeah, the first time the writer and the star collaborated was in 08. Oh. And since then, they've collaborated many times. Okay. That's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Gatekeeper. Damn, now I'm really fucking lost here. Uh... <laughs> I was going to joke, it's like, so it's not like Scorsese and Leo DiCaprio. Yeah, no, it's Scorsese and De Niro. Okay, all right, I get it. <laughs> Who yeah. only first started working in 2008. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. The Irishman is based off uh, Urusai Atsura. What the fuck is this? I have no idea. Anime <laughs> fans will love that reference. What was that? I'm sorry. I was, I, I was, no, I was really digging that. No, return to your mind palace. Okay. No, um, uh, uh, Monster Hunter, no. Um, <laughs> yep. Ah, hit that buzzer! Hit that buzzer. I'm just gonna start wildly guessing soon. Um, <laughs> Gabriel, I'm gonna move on to the next cake. Oh boy! I really have no. Honestly, I'm really blanking out here. Okay. Okay. You have three points left. Uh, yeah, I'm down to right. Three. I think three. Okay, I'm down to three points. Okay. Let's select your next game. Yes, uh, I'm gonna guess number eight. Number eight. Okay. Okay. This film is the third time the lead actress starred in a movie about trying to alter a preordained event. Clearly, this is Terminator, right? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, a preordained event. Yes. Oh boy. What the fuck is this shit? Is this like a Katherine Heigl movie or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, um, it's Killers, starring Ashton Kutcher. Oh man, no, I'm I'm honestly really I'm honestly really drawing a blank here because I'm trying to think like I, I don't know what American movies were based follow this kind of thing where it's first up based on a light uh, a Japanese light novel which yes. doesn't really happen. Um, and uh, you know was made the the light novel was made into a manga series. Yeah. Uh, the title's based on a rock song. Mm-hmm. It's not Norwegian Wood. Yeah. That was never a manga and light novel, I believe. No. Um, and a famous writer and actor duo? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Like, uh, that, I'm just like, what the fuck is that? I have no idea. Um, uh, 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 you only have two gates left, I think. Yeah. No, wait. You have three gates left. Yeah, I was going to say. Because I'm, I'm not, technically, I should be, I should have less points then. Um, I'm really drawing a blank here. Fuck. Uh, mm. what, what would it be? Like again, like I the feel gatekeeper like... utters a belly laugh, which leads out a little toot from sitting on the toilet. Gross. 
because uh, yeah, again, like if I knew if I knew this genre, I feel like my mind would snap into place. But the you idea, just haven't picked the right gates. It's the idea that like okay, fine, I'm, I'm taking my duff upon. I'm going down to two points. Okay. All right, I'm gonna guess what, what's left actually. So what's left are gate two, gate five, and gate six. Uh, I'm gonna guess gate five. Gate five. Yes. The book was released in 2004. The light novel. Yes. Okay. The film was released 10 years later. Yeah, most Wanted Man. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, 2014, a year for true cinephilia. Was it? I don't remember. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think about 2014, and I'm actually really drawing a blank there. I genuinely have very few memories. Oh, no, I remember 2014 now. That was a bad year. 2015 had a lot of good movies. 2013 and 12 had their moments. What's 2014? A Most Wanted Man, I think, came out in 2014. Okay. I think Inherent Vice came out in 2014. Okay. Inherent Vice. No. Yeah, the um, famous manga Inherent Vice, but, which was changed from the original name. Uh, Doc San takes a holiday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name's Doc. Thomas Pinchon just uh, decided to write Japanese light novels. Yeah, well, that dude rips off manga all the time. Uh, 2014. Pinchon, huge Yu Yu Hakusho fan. Fuck would it be? I don't know. I, I feel like there's um. God damn it. Uh. About a, about a but you said about a woman who's trying to uh, change the preordained events. Well, that's one of the characters anyway. The lead actress is doing that. The lead actress is doing that. It's not Terminator. It's not Terminator. Not Terminator. It's not your name. It's not your name. Which has not come out. The American adaptation has not come out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not that. Emily Gordon's writing it, which is actually really awesome. That's cool. Uh, Twenty (laughs) fourteen. Everything is just slightly beyond like your comprehension. Yeah, like it's like everything makes me go like I expected to kind of help, and instead I'm like twenty (laughs) fourteen. It just muddles the waters for. Yeah, it makes me more confused. Um, How many points am I at? Two. You're at two. Okay. Uh, I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna go down to one point and and, and go on. Oh man, Daniel, we can go into like um into double over. We can go into overtime here to set for your soul. Mm-hmm. But let's see here. Or else I'll, I'll be undead. Yes. At, at, at best. Yeah, you're gonna be at the bottom of the dungeons okay. with only that that ring that does nothing. Okay. Okay. Daniel, so you have two gates left. You have uh-huh. number two and number six. Okay, I'm gonna go for number two. Number two. Oof. You should have gone off the other one. <laughs> the film had a lukewarm box office reception, despite praise from critics. It made 370.5 million worldwide, 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 on a 178 million dollar budget. What the fuck is this? This again, like everything about this makes me go, what? Uh, what movie came out? So it was like a big movie. So it wasn't like a little like indie thing. Like it's, like again, as far as I know, like there was like an American Higarashi movie yeah. that came out and then like like bombed or whatever. Um, twenty fourteen, and it made how much? Three hundred. It made three seventy point five million worldwide. Ugh, I'm really. And that was a lukewarm response. It was a yeah, lukewarm response because it had a huge, huge, huge budget, um, and is apparently some kind of probably like again. So again. Uh, it needs to be a, it needs to be a genre movie definitely because it has a huge huge budget. Mm-hmm. So, 
So lots of special effects, lots of expensive things, probably a big cast uh, about a woman who's trying to change the, the future. Uh, apparently it's one of the storylines in, in, in all this. Um, <clears throat> it came out 2014, which is every time I think about 2014, my mind just goes boop. Yep. Yeah. Daniel, before before I go to the last point, I'm gonna give you a free hint. Okay. You like this movie. Okay. That does not help. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which makes the, everything about this makes me go. Like, what? You just made it worse. That doesn't help. <laughs> I'm trying to think about this, and I'm like, what? Uh, 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 oh my god. So again, like, this is a movie I like, and yes. again, so like, <laughs> 2014. Correct. That's what's making. That's what's making my brain hurt. Let me quadruple check. That, that was the year. I'm almost certain it was. Okay. I mean, go ahead and do that. I'm gonna fucking rack my brain for like five more fucking minutes. Okay. Also, Daniel, I'm thinking like, do you want to like? I don't think we've ever come to this point before. You have one more clue, and we can keep on going. I have at least two more clues in my brain. I'll tell you what. I'm fine if I go to undead or whatever. But Daniel like, goes undead. I'll be fine. Twenty fucking fourteen. Shit. <laughs> uh. Yeah, 2014. Okay. Should I only have one good clue in my head after this? But that was one I left back. I thought that was too obvious. What the hell would it be? Uh, uh, I, uh, fuck, I'm okay, moving on. All right. I'm going down to zero. I'm down to zero points. I'm officially dead, but I'm still guessing. <laughs> the great keeper laughs. He laughs and laughs, and he throws open his cape, revealing that he had two Pomeranians, and he was wearing pants, so it's safe and it's kind. He just has two dogs there. He just has to fart and sit on the toilet. Oh, doggies. All right. All right. Pomeranian's great. Yeah. All right, Daniel. Here's They're, your final probably, official... Pomeranians probably would, like, hang out, like, underneath you when you're taking a shit. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. My Yorkie never did. Here's your final gate, Daniel. Gate six. Let's see if this is actually the one. Okay. The story uses a famous sci-fi fantasy storytelling device that some might say has been bled to death by this point. Oh, fuck. God damn it. It is. It's, uh, well, the, it's, it's, uh, live, die, repeat, aka tomorrow, isn't it? Correct! Oh, fucking God. Yes! Okay. <laughs> wow. The one, clue, the one clue that made me go, that's it. Yes. Was that 2014? It was 2014. I thought, you know, if I had a guess, I would have guessed like 2015 or 16. Yes. But like, oh my God. Yeah. But, that was the one. Wow. Uh, based on the light novel, uh, All You Need Is Kill. All You Need Is Kill from the song All You Need Is Love. Um, KG is um, the name of the character in the book. Tom Cruise's name in the movie is William Cage. Okay, to be honest, I didn't I didn't know that. That didn't really help. So here's the thing. So you're saying that obviously you're talking about Emily Blunt's character who's Rita. who's trying to change like a, a future. What what other movie did she did she Um Looper, oh, Looper. Yeah, and yeah. The Adjustment Bureau. Oh, uh, she was in the That was a good movie, Shrug. Yeah. I'm sure it was fine. <laughs> well, yeah, the money money of course makes it sounds right. Um, yes. I'm trying to think what were the other clues that kind of made me draw a blank? Uh based on Oh, uh, based on a, a rock song? All you need is love. Oh, okay. All you need is kill. I get it. All right. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, boy. That was exhausting. Yeah. Wow. No, like, uh, I mean, I'm undead, but I managed to get out of the gatekeeper. Yes. Fuck you, dude. You've just about bled to death, but you've crawled out and you died at the exit. Yeah, I'm like Muzaki, changed into something else. Yes. On the other side. Pointing and at a nest of something. Pointing at a nest of something. All right. Oh, man, that was a good job, thing. Daniel, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I mean. No, you got it the very the very last clue. I tell you what, it feels like it feels like a victory. It really does. Yeah, I no. Yeah. yeah, you earned that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. All right, so that's it. Uh, we're going a bit long, so Wait, I just want to say. Quickly, uh, was that on your radar and you ruled it out? Or that was, that was the last I was not thinking thing. about it at all. Okay. It, it did not click. It did not enter my mind until that last bit. That's so yeah. fun. <sighs> Gatekeeper! Gatekeeper! All right, so that's it. 
All right, let's let's we're gonna go on break. Okay. When we come back, we're gonna do final thoughts. All right. All right. Road to break. Cool. And we're back. Hi. Dear listener readers. What up? Slow readers. That's us. America Fast-Paced Podcast. I'm Gabe. Daniel. Hey. This is a show. We're a thing. This is the end. <laughs> uh, Gabriel, uh, yeah. what now is the part of the thing where we talk about our feelings. We sure do. About our feelings with uh, uh, regarding a uh, man with no name by... Baron of Laird. Baron of Laird. A.K.A. Laird Baron. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Uh, again, um... For uh, for people, just to remind, uh, to remind everybody, neither of us have are familiar with this guy. This is the first story we're reading. Yeah, I kind of like I kind of learned about this shortly before we were recording last week, and I was like, "Hey, want to do this story?" Yeah, That's he magically idea. appeared on your like Amazon suggestions. Yeah, or like, and I saw that book, and it, honestly, I would have like kind of like been like whatever, just like all, a lot of other books or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I saw like Nick Pizzolatto, and then I was re- and then that made me read the descriptions, and I was like, oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, yeah. And, and I was sold from your description. Yes, Gabriel. So, yes, Daniel. So that said. That being said. This is our first, not only our first Laird Baron story, mm-hmm. Laird Baron, which is a weird, th- Laird Baron. Yes. Uh, story. Laird Baron. Uh, this is our first Yakuza story. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, we don't really do all that much neo-noir. No. Yeah. We really don't. We, we've we've definitely tip, dipped our toes into like Lovecraftian weird fiction. Yeah. And we've done like crime novels and detective novels that... that yeah. Tend on the noir, but not quite. So this is kind of like a. Like, an, I wouldn't call like Kenzie Gennaro books neo noir. N- no, no. The, yeah, we don't really do. Those are just mystery novels. Exactly. We never and we never really done like a Chandler story either. You know. No, I mean you and Ryan did. Yeah, we did, we did that, but and, and yeah, that was that was a long. Yeah, no, but so this is kind so, of untrod territory for us. Yes, that's it, Gabriel. So yeah, f- f- how would you feel about Man with No Name? I don't know. <laughs> I I was very kind of so part of the reason why I don't really I I asked you to take the lead on the plot description was after the second dream sequence I was like oh, fucking get on with it and I just started speed reading the book mm-hmm. and and much to my and he fucking got me he fucking that sneak <laughs> That when she slaps him in the face, says, this isn't a dream. I'm yeah. like, damn it. I had to go back and reread it. <laughs> so, like, he got me. All, But that being said, like, I this, I don't care for lengthy descriptions of dreams. Mm-hmm. I don't care about for them in real life. <laughs> and I like a little bit more of a straightforward narrative than this. There was kind of a dreamy... And I, I almost want to call it really indulgent thing of him describing all of his dreamy stuff. But then to his complete defense, it all does tie together, ending up becoming this, the visions matter because it ties into the Lovecraftian cosmic horror aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I suppose that writing it in this kind of expressive style where like dreams and reality combine, uh, it, it's, it, it kind of lost me very mm-hmm. early on. I like the style. I love Yakuza stories. You know that I, I have a lot of like, I love Japanese culture. I like Yakuza stories. I think they're fascinating. I'm reading a nonfiction book right now called Tokyo Vice about a American journalist who like investigated um, oh, the Yakuza. You know, I, I think I, I mentioned this a while ago. That's uh, being made into a TV show directed and uh, uh, kind of produced by Michael Mann. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm reading it right now. It was five bucks on Kindle like a month ago. And I was uh, like, why not? Yeah, like Ken Watanabe's in it. Um, Tight. Uh, who's the main guy? I'll, I'll look this up, but I'm sorry. I wanted to, I told you about this. Is it Eddie Red? Main? No, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It, uh, so basically, yeah. um, I'm not, I'm not out, 
Mm-hmm. But I did really feel like this thing just didn't work that well for me. That the, uh, all the I just oh. I'm sorry I I just have to mention this because it makes me laugh every time when you type in Michael Mann uh, into your Wikipedia thing. First one's Michael Mann, American film director. Second one, Michael Manning, fetish artist. <laughs> so I just every time that pops up, I just that's I so him. awkward for him. I, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I'm um, sorry for throwing you off there. I I think I'm a, I'm a I'm an honest net positive on this like a i 55% liked it 45% didn't like it but for the most part that's on me because it, it, it because the choices they he made were very interesting it's very clever mm-hmm. i suppose also a little bit of me kind of walked into this that's why i asked you at the top of the episode has he been to japan because there's always going to be a little bit of a wall where i'm like all right white guy let me know what you what you know about the yakuza mm-hmm. i'm very very curious and the point of the story isn't like an investigation into yakuza culture. It's a crime story about an inf- about a, a a mob boss enforcer, and yeah. that's all you really need. It just incidentally has the trimmings of of Japan, in which case I'm like, well, this could have just been a mob story. I feel like that you don't want to be the person to say white man don't culturally appropriate, but I mean he he did fine. It's a Yakuza story, and he wanted to write it, and he does a fine job, mm-hmm. and his research is there. It's good, but ultimately, I felt like I felt like the the if he had stuck to a Daniel Woodrow style thing, where the the I would have liked a tighter line between what is reality and what isn't. Yeah, because I got like a dreamy quality, like a, some Kafka shit, where I'm like. Where the, where the author is like, decide for yourself what's real, what's not. I'm like, no, tell me. I don't like, I don't, don't play games with me. Mm-hmm. Just tell me. So a lot of the story rubbed me the wrong way, but the craft is excellent. The violence was really well done. The, when I think about the cosmic horror elements, they're really cool. So I, I don't know. I, I, I need to read more. I want to read more to decide whether or not I like Laird Baron, mm-hmm. but he certainly has his hooks in me. Yeah, no, it sounds like, again, like you would probably like that that recent trilogy he did, which is just about like a like a, an ex-mob enforcer, like having like having like a detective mystery story up in like upstate New York. Or yeah, that sounds like that. cool. Like, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, no, uh, I, I'm still like reading this. Like, I, I'm a bit like I, I kind of uh, see what you mean in terms of that, where like lengthy dream sequences that were all kind of they're all building up towards something. And you knew something yeah. was going to happen because, again, like. Since it definitely does. And also, again, like this is literally a Lovecraftian thing. It, it was published in a Lovecraftian anthology. Mm-hmm. So like this definitely is hitting those points. Like the horror is like weirdly like unseen and also like kind of unspecific, but just like this kind of cosmic evil seeping into the story. Yeah. Um, and again, like he doesn't write Yakuza novels. He actually writes generally about crime. This one in particular, he was like, what if I just had like the story about like a Lovecraftian type horror uh apparently maybe possibly some kind of ancient hebrew demon kind of seeping into like like a japanese like a crime culture yeah you know like like if i can give him a compliment that's also an insult um this reminded me a lot of the films of seijun suzuki Uh, you watch um uh, tokyo drifter or Mm. uh um, branded by branded branded to kill kill. (laughs) you watch the you 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 hear the the premise and you're like yes you put it on, you're like, this is cool. And then slowly you're like, 
what's happening? What the fuck is this? And I, I will give Laird Barron a, the best comment by saying, you're nothing like those movies. <laughs> that that <laughs> like, was my I, sensation okay. in a way. Uh, it was just like, what What are you, what, what? Yeah, that's that's a very, I feel like that's very apples and oranges. But uh, That's fair. But yeah, no, like, um, no, I'm totally with it. It's one of those things where it's like, I, I, this is your I know this isn't like your thing, this idea about like, it's a story that is, doesn't make entirely like all the sense in the world the first time you read it mm-hmm. because it involves like, it re- kind of requires multiple reads or possibly just like, if you already kind of speak the language of like contemporary weird fiction slash Lovecraftian stories, like sure. this might be more like your speed. Um, yeah. But like, I'm, I'm in, I, I, I read this and I'm like, I dug it. Like it, like the mysterious parts were fucking mysterious, and then like the rest of it was like pretty straightforward. The the one thing that I was kind of annoyed at, I feel like Nanashi's character was like a weirdly kind of like I thought he was very stoic and kind of like fly on the wall kind of dude, but like yeah. but then he became like very like emotional and like 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 panicked when he started to lose his mind. I feel like this would have been better as a novel. Yeah, I I, I feel like that's that, that's a compliment. I wanted more. Uh, I feel like that has been what um people people have been writing on like review you know shitty Amazon reviews where it's just sure. like i liked it and then it ended mm-hmm. um yeah no oddly enough like i feel like maybe at some point uh what was it uh, in the 70s we use swords or whatever the fuck it was called yeah whatever it's a great title it's a great title <laughs> but like uh i'm i i honestly if you were to say like here it is i'd be like oh fuck yeah you know you know i'd read it right away <laughs> yeah so I'm, I'm so curious what it is but like maybe down the line he's gonna have like a novel or but again like maybe that's not his thing i know i was watching um him doing like book tour in 2020 you know like youtube interview things over zoom mm-hmm. over people who don't use good audio equipment mm. uh and uh and and you know a lot of them could be have a better presentation one of them he was talking with uh uh, uh, uh some guy named joe hill uh who uh joe hill hillstrom any relation to tabitha king yeah i know tabitha king's uh, uh son also oh. also older brother to owen king oh owen king also yeah. to um uh, minister naomi king yes exactly okay yeah uh, now i know what you're talking about all the the siblings right yeah gotcha 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 but uh no like and like you know so that was cool and then a lot of the conversations was all of them and like the host geeking about what they're reading <laughs> love that <laughs> which is which is cool or whatever but like uh, i was also i was like come on tell me where you got the eye <laughs> <laughs> does he has, has he ever said no i'm assuming he got it from dog sled racing <laughs> yeah that's yeah yeah that makes sense or fishing i don't know sure whatever you got a hook in his eye but no like a it's cgi a, dog call the wild at him I, i'm totally interested in this and I, he keeps getting apparently he keeps popping up with like Names of authors who I feel like I should be more into, like not only Joe Hill, but like John Langham and, and Dickey and uh, uh, James, Dickey? James Dickey, who's like older, but like, uh, but like Paul Tremblay, they're all like kind of like names. more contemporary, like horror writers are doing very well right now. Cool. No, I, you know, but, like I'm all about well done horror, the horror elements of this work. I just yeah. felt that the, and that's his bag. That the, the blurring that, yeah. is just, it wasn't very well done for me. Uh, crime and horror are mainly his thing. That's really awesome. Like this one in particular was a Lovecraftian story, and honestly, like yeah, it's Lovecraftian. No, I, I love the con- I love the ideas of all of it. Mm-hmm. That like what he sees, like it's all the elements of like what Call of Cthulhu is all about. Like you see a statue, and it seems r- so wrong to you. Yeah, everything starts unraveling, and you combine that with a psychotic break, and you're and falling off the wagon. These are all really great ideas. Maybe I just need to reread this, or I, I think I read on an Amazon review, like you said, that this screams to be adapted 
adapted into a movie, yeah. then I bet the movie would be amazing. I, I would love and to... And the visual language would, would handle it very well, but in prose, it just didn't work for me. I think, like, in terms of prose, like, the visual language was actually very fucking good. Like, again, yeah. like, the when Muzaki is being murdered, mm. like, that was fucking... That's some, like, that was really, a really funny scene. That's a really good thing. Like, it's it's not even directly funny. It's just kind of, like, funny after the fact. Mm-hmm. Also, like, the, the idea about, like, what, wasn't he, like, taking a piss down in the query, and then he just looks over his shoulder and, like, winks at Nanashi. Then he just picks up the Yakuza guy next to him yes. and just chucks him in. Yeah, like and the guy has a, has a knife in his hand yeah. about to kill him and then like Mizaki's like, nope, he yeets him off the cliff. Yeah, there's like no cry or anything, just goes, nope. <laughs> yeah, like that. that's great. And then like, for example, the moment when like he like has like this weird, he like dream fucking teleports mm-hmm. into like this the the, ha- the house of the woman and everything and yeah. like the description of like what he sees at the uh, in the woods when he follows uh susan strucky stuggy stucky uh into like the woods like like yeah, oh yeah all that did work yeah. for me um, there's a lot to love here so like yeah basically i'm saying is that i'm i'm with it and uh complete kind of side note uh, stories about uh, horrifying stories about falling off the wagon the abstainer mm. oh man when he falls off the wagon it's like painful and then like because he's he, like he gets like driven to like the job as like working for like the police in manchester and he's like are surrounded by the people who are like you fucked up dude and he's like whatever takes a drink and you're just like oof stop it man <laughs> stop drinking anyway Wait, who, whose story is that uh the, the abstainer no who, who did that uh ian McGuerry. okay yeah, yeah. Uh, author of the north water um but that's it uh, Gabriel. Yeah, Daniel. One little thing we like to do uh, uh, on this huh? fucking on show. On this whatever, journey. This journey. Uh, towards the end of the journey, we like this thing where we like to look left. That's mm-hmm. right. We like to look yeah, right. Yeah, that's my left. It's your left, actually. Look left. Yeah, no, you, you just didn't have to correct yourself. And uh, and you'll see over there. Who's that? It's our old buddies from the Whip Around podcast. It's Shawnee B. Hayes taking a piss off a cliff. With a right next direction. to him. <laughs> direction, right next to him. Dr. Philip Laporta sidles up with a knife in his hand. <gasps> What's going to happen? Tune in to the Whip Around podcast every Wednesday for all your weird news needs, where Dr. Philip Laporta covers all things science and Sean Hayes covers all things um, macabre. Mm-hmm. So give them a listen. They're a great time. They're good friends of ours. And Daniel, yes. in the spirit of this horrible murder that's what that happened we don't know who's gonna die mm. 15 years from now someone's gonna be like hey daniel have you read a, a man of no name by laird baron what are you gonna remember what lingering memory do you have or will you have i think it's going to be i i think i think honestly yeah it is gonna be that moment when he like dream teleports into the house and like that moment when like we go from having like it's like a dream sequence that like she he literally gets slapped out of me like yeah you're fucking here dude mm-hmm. i mean that yeah i think that's like kind of like the secret strength that this that thing this thing has that it kind of hinges on it's like that one kind of like little trick that the author does um very admirable and very well done there are uh, several things that are very like you'll remember that when you were when you remember this down the line Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck, I didn't say. Um, ah! Mozaki, when he goes into the hot springs, uh, he farts. Lord of Flashes. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah. Gabriel. Righteous. I was just saying like, that could possibly no. be that. Or they're, talking about, Adza. Then, or they're talking about some other Laird Beard story. I don't know. Sure. Gabriel, memories 15 years from now, man of no name. Um, I like to cling to the more like, like, I don't know, uh, visceral elements. So for me, like, um, if one thing wowed me about this is it's how well he writes the action sequence of him killing the dudes Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, I I love a, like, 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 sorry, spoiler, like the end of, um, A's for Alibi. I like the, I love the artistry of a quick single line paragraph of an act of violence Mm -hmm. of, in this one where, um, 
like half a page describing fucking Yakuza hotshot dickhead, son of the chairman, showing up being like, hey, Nanashi, what the fuck's the deal here? Come on, chop, chop. And one line, paragraph, action line, Nanashi shoots him in the face. Yeah. And then the rest mm. of the sequence, ducking in and out of reality and whatever's happening in Nanashi's head and of Susan there and the dog attacking. Mm-hmm. It's a really well done fight scene. It reminds me of of, of the best of Murderbot. Of, oh, what was the author's name again? Uh, Martha Wells. Well, Martha Wells, yeah. who like, as I read that series, the action sequence has got better and better in the writing. And he's already mm-hmm. there. And yeah. it's, it's a great action sequence and prose so that's where i'm like this guy fucking knows what he's doing that's for sure i just don't follow this one i want to know more yeah no i'm with you on that really great a really interesting thing about cross cutting where that's 100 percent like when like the kind of like dreamy sequences like the the weird unknown horror is cross cut with like scenes of ultra violence, like Yakuza, yes. Yakuza, and whatever. Like and then that spill. And then we'll jump back, and then like Nanishi's having like a fucking talk with Muzakiya on like some beach that that is the beach at the very end of the story as well. Yeah. And we cut back at ultra violence. But yeah, no, no. it's cool. Yeah, it's. I'm. I'm. I don't like it anywhere near as much as you do, mm-hmm. but I'm certainly sold on Laird Baron, and I'm very curious to read. But like, Nick Pizzolatto. May, maybe Nick I, maybe I just couldn't get over white guy writing yakuza but mm-hmm. like i i'm 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 very very if you were like if next week you wanted to do another laird baron book i'd be like yeah let's go for it mm-hmm. and, and but it's not what we're doing i don't know apparently if you have an audible subscription uh i don't the beautiful you don't no oh, okay weirdo i let it lapse because it costs too much money i just I, I buy books and then i let my membership last i used to Laps. fuck uh, now I was gonna say like um uh, that short story collection apparently is entirely it's not how I want to read it I wanted to like read it read it not like listen to the audiobook for it but I don't know but anyway. bro you should get a Kindle what you should get a Kindle I do have a Kindle I want to have a Kindle it's an app no man you should get a you should get an e reader oh yeah I could do that too want one for Christmas like for like fifty bucks uh no I'm good don't worry about it you sure I'm, yeah I'm I lo- like I really came around to mine it, it oh, took no. me a long time but no I, I definitely I definitely knew need one but uh I, I but don't worry about it I, I would rather focus on getting like an iPad basically like it's it's both hey yeah. um Tokyo that, Vice was five dollars on BookBub that's it I think An- it was anyway Ansel Egort he's the he's the main guy in the in the TV show oh yeah hmm he uh yeah okay. That's right, isn't he? Uh, he yeah, recently yeah. came upon some allegations. Yeah, they all do. I wonder if that's going to be, that's like a major thing that's, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> but anyway. I mean, I, I, I can, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. And uh, I'm sure he's going to be good in the role. Yeah. Uh, that said, also, Rinku Kikuchi is uh, is his supervisor, plays cool. a supervisor who's a composite character. I love Rinku Kikuchi. And, I'd watch her do anything. And again, Ken Watanabe as Hiroto uh, Katagiri, a detective in the organized crime division. That's rad. Yeah. Uh, and some other... No, I'm very peeps. excited. I mean, yeah. Tokyo Vice, it's... It's a, I, it seems a little planted, but so far I'm really enjoying it. And again, like I, I it, it's the next fucking Michael Mann thing. So yeah. that's how I, I mean, was that, that's a great combo. Like I'm reading it and imagine someone trying to recontextualize their life as a Michael Mann movie. That's kind of how it feels like. <laughs> okay. It's like, I mean, you're choosing to focus on the plot moments of your life rather than the bullet points, rather than the, the minutia. But hey, dude, if you're, if your life is interviewing Yakuza, maybe mm-hmm. the story is the Yakuza and not what you had for breakfast. 
Yeah, no, that's that's an interesting way to put it. I, I'm I'm curious what that's going to be like. I don't know. I'm enjoying the book a lot though so far. Yeah, no, I'm curious. All right, speaking of enjoy that, book, <laughs> Gabriel, <laughs> let's let's put this book aside. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Bye, Laird. I don't have the flip. Hello, Lairds. <laughs> sip, sip, sip. <laughs> Taking the drink. I don't have the felt bo- uh, box funny. here, so I'm going to throw it in there. Um, I don't have the felt box. Oh, I put I put it out there. It's, right. um, but anyway, Gabriel. Yes, Daniel. Please tell us. I think next week is an exciting thing. It is somehow, listeners. The fucking creaky ass Wheel of Time, not by Robert Jordan. Um, it's my birthday again already. I don't, I don't know how that happened. I think this, I think the next episode will come out on your birthday, right? Is it a Monday? Yeah, next Monday. See, I don't even fucking know. Twenty third, right? Yes. Yeah, that's Monday. Yay, Dan, I remember my birthday. Yay. May six is Daniel's birthday. <laughs> hey man, it's either October or November. This time yes. it's November. <laughs> this year it's November. It alternates. Wink. It's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. So yeah, well, next week we are doing one of my all time favorite books. If you can't audiobook plays, this might be literally the book I've read the most mm-hmm. because it's a short audiobook. It's a short book. And whenever I have manual labor, I will listen to this book on loop. Mm-hmm. Like, really, I've done that. Like, whenever there's no reception in a drive, it's like, well, guess we're listening to this again. And I love it every time. What is it? It is Steve Martin's autobiography, his memoir about his years doing comedy called Born Standing Up. I, I don't have words for how much I love this book. This is the second time we're doing Steve Martin on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, second time. Uh, yeah. I think probably the first time we probably did in that first year. Yeah, we did Object of Beauty. Yeah. Yeah. We are having a special guest, one of my favorite human beings in the world, mm-hmm. one of the funniest guys I know. We are Ansel having... Egard. <laughs> Ansel Egard. It's Ansel Egard and Roman Polanski. We're having my dear friend and one of the funniest guys I know. Uh, we're having Matt Struck. Returning champion, host of Really Late Night of Matt's Drug. He'll be talking about the show with us. It'll be a great time. I I paused because I, I had like that torn kind of thing. It's like, dude, if Roman Plansky was like, I'm going to be on your show, I would be like, well, I mean, no, that's, we, a, that's we, a huge we, get. We can't turn that down. <laughs> and he shows up. He's like, I'm a huge fan. And that's like, I'm, you know, all right. We, we would have <laughs> to do it. We'd have no choice. Uh-huh. Like, like we're, we're not fucking, you know, like USA Today where your name and brand can't be tarnished. We're like, honestly, we got to have them. And it's going to ask him one question about it and then you're good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. hey, but what about that thing? Don't ask me about it. Okay, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, Papa. Uh... But yeah, next week, Born Standing Up by Steve Martin with Matt Strzok. Um, I recommend getting the Audible, the audiobook. Um, Steve Martin reads it. It's a very short time. It's great. Uh, and really, I have no words for how much I love it. Right. Daniel, how far are you into it? I didn't start it yet. It's like, it's like, four, it's like four hours long. Yeah, like... Um, I, I, was li- I, was li- I was listening to like fucking podcasts on the thing i'll spend like Podcast. a whole i'll spend like a whole day getting like a doughboys kick and it's like that's four hours Bowdoys. I mean, whatever anyway anyway uh that's the end of the, i'm sorry no yeah, i went plugs? back to you yeah <laughs> uh, yeah gay plug um ladies and gentlemen if you haven't done it already please check out self-evident asian america stories um it is a wonderful cultural heritage documentary podcast about the asian american experience i produced episode three of season one the talk we were supposed to have it's about my life so if you want to get to know me too personally really every time someone tells me they've listened to it i get this shiver of uh uh-oh 
oh, what, what do you know about me now? <laughs> and so it's it's weird, but I love. I'm very very proud of it. Um, please check out the other Top Gallant Radio Show. It is called AP Film by Film School Professionals, Beep-bop. where Katie Kometz and Melo Morones created their own film school curriculum because they were not allowed to go to film school. It is a great time. We have given in to Katie's indulgence. Ah. It, this semester is Nora Efron saves the rom com. Malu is not pleased. So, uh, <laughs> poor Malu. Yeah, it's a great time. Well, she, I mean, Sleepless in Seattle, you know, these are all great movies, but much like a Fast and the Furious film, if you put too hard a lens on them, you're not going to be too happy about it. So, I'll give them a listen, give them a review. They're a very good time. Their videos will come up soon. I just haven't had that much time. Oh. And lastly, um, shit, uh, follow me on Instagram at read.richards. And also, I am the new producer for the Maximum Fun podcast, uh, One Bad Mother. Mm. They don't need our ad, but well, fuck. If you happen to be a parent in COVID who needs a good laugh and some compassion and some care, Biz Ellis and Theresa Thorne every week interview someone interesting, and they have a great conversation talking about life and what it means to be a parent. It's a wonderful, wonderful show. I couldn't be happier to work on it oh also super randomly i helped i was i stepped in to help produce um uh, the podcast round springfield this week hey. where we talked to her ali gertz and uh julia prescott who are both very funny writers julia wrote for the simpsons as well um they've had donick carey the one of the famous writers of the simpsons as a guest i got to sit in on their interview and for those of you who don't know donick carey is the man who wrote both the mr sparkle and mm-hmm. the canyonero episodes of the simpsons so it was really really wonderful when julia flipped that because she didn't realize donick also wrote the canyonero song <laughs> it was it was a really really cool time so check out ron springfield check out one bad mother Join Max Fun. It's awesome. I sort of don't remember what happens in, like, what the actual story was in the Canyon Arrow episode. Oh, Krusty, um, there's a bunch of stand-up what, comics coming to town, and Krusty decides to become edgy. That is the same capitalist. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. No, that, that that's what I remember. And, like, at the end, when, like, uh, when, like, Krusty gets tempted, like, his hair keeps popping up. Yeah. yeah and <laughs> but it's free! Stop saying that! <laughs> Daniel uh, plug for the listeners. Yeah. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Top Gun Radio and Instagram at Slow Readers. You can get my fiction right now anywhere you get your ebooks. Ugh. Specifically on Amazon, you get the physical copies. They are A Cook in the Kingdom and The Shadow from the Deep. Woo! Uh, that's it. Up I'm, market. Uh, that's it. I'm very excited to, uh, uh, you know, that uh, right now there's a bunch of shows fucking coming out that have my name on it. Hey. This week in particular coming up is Jacked. Uh, which is on the New Jack Swing, ri- the rise of New Jack Swing back in like the late 80s, early 90s, like a hip hop movement. And it's hosted and produced by Taraji B. Henson. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. I'm Empire a- Lady. I don't know if I'm, a- I- I'm wondering how much I'm credited in that because I've never heard her say my name so far. Oh. <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't cut together every single episode. I did like, like I had my hand in like four out of six, but they do a lot of like pickups. Sure. Um. So like, I'm really curious. It's like, oh man, because I kept wanting to like, I've done this so far. I grabbed my like credit and like i just you know bounce it out but but anyway uh so but that said um you know this past week do no harm started coming out which was the top uh podcast and apple podcast uh on apple podcast we're legit uh yeah and i and same thing with obviously with dr death season two this coming week by the way speaking of which dr death season two uh is the jerry summers episode where we finally get to conversation with that um i had a conversation with aleta panya who is the production coordinator who mainly uh, i mainly deal with and also was the ap on do no harm 
she and like we're all talking about how like the episodes that were hard <laughs> to kind of get through you know the idea that you got to listen to some of jerry summer's raw audio kind of sends like a a heartbroken disgusted shiver up my spine yeah and um and i had to cut together some of the, like the really uh 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 Let's call them emotional conversations, the back and forth between uh, uh, Jerry Su- Summers and uh, and Heather, who is interviewing him, and uh, and yeah, no, I had to time all that. It was very upsetting, and then yeah, Lata's like, yeah, for me it's episode four of Do No Harm, and I was like, yeah, for me it's episode five of Do No Harm, which I think is also coming up. Um, so we're no, real, but that said, uh, that's that's like that's fucking coming out. You should definitely check that out, especially if you're a fan of Doctor Death season one. Uh, that's that's yeah, yeah if you haven't already listened to it prepare to weep uncontrollably for it's truly amazing yeah yeah especially that episode two of season one which was like primarily on uh which i think it was called jerry and chris I chris think, and jerry something like that but anyway, yeah. but anyway uh, I'll, I'll let you go on that that's the uh that's the end of the show that's the fucking show i'm gonna get pop so get the fuck out of here bye. bye top gallant radio brought to you by daniel gonzalez and gabe mara 